Hey friends, thank you for joining me today on By His Grace. I'm Misty Phillip, your host, and today we are going to talk about what it means to be a person of influence and how our choices impact others now and for generations to come. But first, I want to take a minute to thank my listeners all around the world and Thank you, Jackie, for leaving a review. Her review said, Misty is a breath of fresh air. I must listen. She gave the By His Grace podcast five stars. I have listened to a few of Misty's episodes. Misty weaves threads of hope, inspiration, and encouragement to step into your purpose. She cultivates a community that equips and empowers us to learn the truth. I need doses of this daily. She stays true to the name that it's all by his grace. Wow. Jackie, thank you so much for your kind words. I love hearing from listeners like you and Kristen who said this, inspiring and authentic host Misty is real, welcoming, and willing to explore the depths of our struggles while always finding hope and answers in God. An inspiring and thought-provoking podcast. Y'all, to God alone be the glory for these wonderful reviews. Now, friend, if you have never left a review for the Bias Grace podcast, I would love to hear from you. These podcast reviews are important to podcast hosts, much like book reviews are important for authors. So please leave me a review at Podchaser or Chartable or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, on to today's show. When the righteous are in power, the people flourish. But when the wicked are in power, the people perish. We see this playing out on our world stage today. But first, let's start with a little history lesson. Israel had no king, and everyone did as he saw fit. But then, God raised up Samuel to lead the people as a prophet of the Lord. Samuel judged Israel, and when he was old, he made his sons judges over Israel. But Israel rejected his sons and refused to obey Samuel. They demanded a king, and Saul became their first king. He was tall and handsome and humble and began his reign with a great victory over the Ammonites. But success rapidly went to Saul's head, and humility gave way to pride. He disobeyed God, and God was grieved that he even made Saul king. His successors weren't much better. Out of the 20 kings, only five of them were good. Here we see the lesson that pride comes before a fall. And when wicked men are in power, the people suffer. If we want to flourish, then we need to take heed of the words from 2 Chronicle 7.14 in the ESV. These may be very familiar to you, but I want you to listen. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Y'all, first we need to humble ourselves 
and repent, both individually and corporately. We need to turn from our wicked ways and pray and seek the face of God while he may be found. Then and only then will we hear from heaven, our sins will be forgiven, and our land will be healed. I don't know about you, but I know that I would love to see some healing in this world today. Y'all, what we do today affects not only our tomorrows, but future generations too. And I want to ask you this question. What kind of legacy do you want to leave? This is what we're going to talk about on today's episode of the By His Grace podcast. I sat down with Cynthia Cavanaugh at the Christian Product Expo to discuss her upcoming Bible study, The Godly Kings of Judah, Faithful Living for Lasting Influence, an eight-week study about how to leave a legacy that endures. Cynthia is an author, speaker, and leadership influencer. Her story of brokenness has propelled her to write, teach, and help others redeem their pain and heal through the pages of God's Word. She's an award-winning author of several books and my new friend. Please welcome Cynthia Cavanaugh to the show today. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Cynthia Cavanaugh, welcome to the By His Grace podcast. I am so excited to have you here with me today. Thanks, Misty. It's a privilege to be here. Yeah, so we just spent the last couple of days together because we were at Athena uh, Dean Holtz's conference of Proclaim. And so that was a lot of fun. And now we are here at, we're doing our interview live at the Christian Product Expo. Yes, live so, in the lobby. Yeah. So that's <laughs> all fun. It's all good. And I'm excited because you wrote a Bible study that's going to be coming out in April. And as we've been sitting here talking, and I got to hear the heart behind your study, which is really about the decisions that we make and the lasting impact for generations. And so we're going to dig into some of the themes that are in that are in that, but I want you to tell the listeners a little bit cuz this is not all you do. You do work with Redemption Press and do some other things. So let's just start there. Sure. Give them a little introduction to who you are. Who I am. So I am an author of course and a speaker Bible teacher. I also teach at the university. I teach international students in a leadership degree program, which is super fun, challenging. So I love I love doing that as well. So a little bit of everything there. I do some editing for Redemption Press. I help coach new authors. Really love doing that. And yeah, and then I came to help out at this the first event, Proclaim, live conference that we've done in a long time. And yeah. of course, you were one of the speakers, the keynoters, and did some breakouts for us. And so it was great. Yeah, it's been an amazing couple of days. And so as we talked about this faithful decisions and your Bible study that is called The Godly Kings of Judah, 
faithful living for lasting influence because not all of the kings in the Old Testament were good, were they? So tell me what prompted you to write this study. You know, that's a good question because, first of all, I love the Old Testament and I love anything historical. And so, as we know, the Old Testament, much of it is a historical narrative. It's God's message to us and it sets up the whole New Testament. There's so much that connects it. And so, several years ago, I just thought, you know, I was reading through the Kings and the Chronicles. You know, there's first and second in in each book. And I just, it just started to connect the dots for me. I'm like, why are so many of these kings falling off the rails, so to speak? You know, why can't they do what God's asked them to do? Of course, I should ask that question of myself sometimes, right? Right. But so I just began to kind of look for the common thread of the kings that God said, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And and it just kind of intrigued me. So I, I put together just a brief little study that we I did with the women in my church. And so then now we fast forward a few years later, and now it's turned into a Bible study, a full-out Bible study. But yeah, I was just intrigued by their desire, the ones that really wanted to honor God. And that's my heart's prayer. And my heart's prayer for for all of us, right? That we would want to do what was right in the eyes, that, that God would say that about us. Yes, at the end of our life. You know, when I stand before God someday, I want him to say that about me. I want to people to say that she was faithful and her influence outlasts her life. That's my prayer is that my influence would outlast my life, the godly influence. Yeah. And that is in our society today, that term influence is thrown around in a lot of different ways. So we have social media influencers. So what does it mean to you to be a, a, a person of influence, a woman of influence, a godly woman of influence? Well, I think the way we live our life, the choices that we make every single day, even the smallest choices, you know, how we're going to respond to someone when we're running an errand in the grocery store or how we're going to respond to a teacher that we need to talk to because our child is having a problem at school, or how we're going to interact. Uh, Those are all decisions and choices we make out of what's important to us. And and so when we value who God is in our life, and we're secure in that, and we value His Word, then our influence is going to have an impact. So becoming a woman of influence means to me is that I am centered in who God says that I am and that I'm wanting to carry out his influence into the world, his message. So if that makes sense, you know, being an influencer really is living out Jesus in who I am, in who God made me to be and being kind and loving, loving well, uh, all of the, and all of the above, especially our families, right? They're the ones that bear the brunt of, all of our influence and all of our impact. Yes. And I was also just thinking about who we're friends with. Also, I've been trying to teach my boys as they were growing up that that is important. Who is in your inner circle? Is it people who are bringing you up or is it people that are bringing you down? So I bet you have a lot of those kinds of conversations too with these college students that you teach and lead. 
Yes, and they're international students, so English is not their first language. However, in saying that, they're very interested in the Western culture and how people interact. Just even in there's there's you know gaps of differences in how we relate here in the West and how they relate in their own culture. So yeah, we do have really interesting conversations, and I think my influence in that as an instructor and a professor is that. I'm trying to love them well and trying to help encourage them that this is what a leader looks like. It isn't about telling people what to do. It's about serving people. That's right. Serving people. And, you know, that's a new concept for them. So part of that is I feel like that's a huge part of my influence with these students is that as their professor, you know, they look up to me. They, you know, their respect is high in the Chinese culture. So that's, that's what I love to do is just to pass that on, le- learning to love them well in the spite of teaching them. Yeah. And that is just a good principle for everyday life, for everyone as a believer to love people well. I mean, that's actually what God tells us to do. He says, love me and love people. And that yes. sums up the law. Yes. So let's go back to dive in a little bit to these kings that that you were reading and, and this phrase that was coming over and over. As I look through some of the chapters in your book, you touch on obedience. Yes. That is one of Definitely. the that is one of my heart's biggest things because the world will tell us to do a lot of different things. And especially as a leader, there's a, a ton of books that you can read about how to be an amazing leader. But I believe that we need to be and follow the Holy Spirit and the leading of the yes. Lord. And we know no matter what the world tells us to do, we need to follow him. You also have trust and wisdom and faith. So of these, do you have a do you have a favorite chapter? Well, I have a couple of favorites, but I think one of the most favorite for me is King Hezekiah. It's chapter six on reforming prayer. There's seven pillars I call them in the Bible study. That if this is the common threads that I found amongst the kings that followed God, seven pillars we can build into our life that will help us be faithful and have that lasting influence. So the one on reforming prayer is King Hezekiah. And King Hezekiah was an amazing king full of wisdom. And and he followed the Lord. But he came against the enemy, which in that time was the Assyrian Empire, which they pretty much ruled the world. And they were brutal. I mean, they were brutal in how they took over and conquered the neighboring nations. And they had already come against a lot of the the smaller towns around Jerusalem, and now they were camping outside of Jerusalem. And they would use a lot of psychological, they would taunt them, and it talks about in the scripture how the Rabbishikah, they, they called it, would taunt, and they taunt him about God. Does God really say this? And he's really not going to deliver you. And I know in our own lives, we feel like that, right? We feel like we're up against such hard circumstances at times like, God, are you going to deliver me? This seems so impossible. Are you going to deliver me from this relationship? It's not reconcilable. These circumstances, it, you know, it's overwhelming. And King Hezekiah, the reason I titled it Reforming Prayer is because he was a king of prayer. He went to God. And I'm sure when he was walking up and down the walls and hearing all these taunts, and they would they would also have prisoners from the former town come and do terrible things, use it as examples to say, if you don't 
you know, turn this over. This is what's going to happen to you. And I'm sure he even had counselors that say, let's just surrender and play, pay tribute. It's okay. They said they'll save us if we compromise. I see it as a compromise, right? But God very specifically told Hezekiah, you know, that if he would follow him in obedience, that he would be his God and he would not allow him to fall into the hands of the enemy. And it was an absolute miracle what happened. God wiped them out in one, one swoop. He caused them to have a disease and they just died, right? I mean, they just littered on the field, thousands and hundreds of thousands of these men. And, uh, but that's because Hezekiah went on his face before God, literally on his face and cried out to God and recognized that he couldn't fix it that his army wasn't big enough to fix it, that they were helpless. And I know for me, Misty, you know, I've had situations in my life where I felt like that. I felt like King Hezekiah and other people are saying, just do this or do that. But I feel so strongly that God just saying, just wait, like don't rush into trying to fix this, like wait on me. Like it says in Exodus, the verse that talks about, and I'm, I'm running a blank here, but basically it says, you know, be still and wait. The Lord will fight for you. That's right. That's right. That has ministered to me on more than one occasion. But I want to go back to that falling on your face before the Lord, because I think that's what we all need to be doing way more than we are doing in the word. It also says, if my people who are called by my name and they just want to say, if I'm called, then God's going to do this. But no, it's if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And that is what King Hezekiah did. And God was able to do far more abundantly situations that seem impossible in our lives it might look impossible, but God is the one that has the last word. He does. And he's reminding me over and over in, I mean, I'm walking through a situation right now in a relationship that it seems pretty impossible. And I've, I, can, I'm a very melancholy personality, so I could just, you know, whine and cry and cry before God and God saying, will you just get, just get over it? Like, just, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Like you wrote about King Hezekiah. Do you trust me that I'm going to stand on that wall with you looking over and I'm going to, I'm going to fix this might not be the way I want it to be fixed, but do you trust me? Am I enough for you in this situation? And I think that that speaks to me over and over again is that is God enough for me in this situation, or I'm going to go outside and try to figure it out myself. Oh, and we know that that, that never doesn't work, goes well. No. And I think that is just a good word, Cynthia, for all of us today, because we do want to do things sometimes in our own strength, and it's it's never good or to go around waiting on the Lord. And I don't know how many times it's in the Bible, but be still and know that I am yes. God. Know that I am God in this situation. And that's a lot harder to do than it is, you know, it's a lot harder to walk that out. It's 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 easy thing for me to say, but it's a lot harder to walk that out. So I have just so enjoyed our conversation today. Your Bible study comes out with Moody in April. Yes. Yes. And so I can't wait. I'm a Bible study girl. And so I can't wait to do your study. 
Well, thank you, Misty. And, you know, my prayer in my heart is that when women pick up this study, they not only learn, you know, about those two books, the Kings and Chronicles, and how it all fits together, but my heart is that they will walk away with some tools in being encouraged that no matter what they've been through, whether you cause it yourself or whether it's uncontrolled circumstances, that they will know that God is enough and that God just requires us to be faithful with him every step of the way. We're going to make lots of mistakes because even the good kings made mistakes, right? several of them, but that God would just, we, that women would just know that because God is faithful, he will equip us to be faithful. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much, Cynthia. Well, thanks for having me, Misty.